rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Yo, what the hell? What's going on? We've meet again and another day in a row. What the hell? This is becoming a habit. Holy shit. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> Fucking maybe one day I'll buy a new camera. That actually focuses. So, yeah, all right. We usually, we have a regularly scheduled time, 8 p.m. Eastern, at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. That is on Saturday evenings. So the weekdays are kind of up for grabs. Thank you, Patricia. Oh, my mamma mia. You're setting an amazing precedent coming right out of the gate. Thank you, guys, really. It helps the show. It helps us keep going. And maybe one day, this is what I'm figuring to myself, if maybe one day you'll, you'll be like, where the hell is that terror, bitch? I can't take it anymore. And... You know, because we don't have enough patrons yet, we won't be doing a daily show. You know what I mean? The whole point is, maybe you'll... I don't know. Because I'm able to do the show right now, that's why I'm kind of... I'm trying to do them more. So, we can all... I don't know. Find more patrons and find more listeners and viewers. Not everybody has to be a patron. You, everybody does what they can. We all have our places, you know what I mean? Some pe If you can't afford to be a patron, I get it. This sucks. This fucking country ain't no joke. And there's so much shit going on, though, so it's great to be able to get together more, more often. And hopefully, on a, eventually, it'll be on a daily basis, and then we'll have our... Saturday evening get to get or Saturday shows will be the that'll be our specials. All right, whatever. Just clearing it up, clearing the air in case anybody was wondering. So Tara Jr. Jr. went to the vet today. He might be hobbling in here. He's high. <laughs> All right. So he's kind of like a falling down drunk right now. He should. I tried to put him back in the carrier. He didn't want to go. He went to... Uh, I had an appointment for him, and I kept it because I love him. Even though I got... My primary source of income got cut, and I was like, I might... You know, it's a, it matters. He matters. So I, he went to the vet today, and I... Uh, anyway, he had to get dental work done. He needed a tooth pulled, so... And that's not good. So I didn't want him suffering. So he's on painkillers. He's on. He was on anesthesia. They pulled the tooth, and he's uh, he's loaded right now. <laughs> I feel bad for him. He can't jump. He's falling over. Not that bad. I mean, he's he's getting he's uh, becoming more lucid as we go on. But when I took him when he first came home, he when he got out of the carrier, he took a couple of steps and fell over like he was he reminded me of my college days basically just couldn't couldn't walk couldn't walk and 
he's very grumpy. He's kind of an angry drunk. I see. I see that part about him. So I can relate to him. Yeah, right? So he had to have a tooth pulled. It's better than, obviously, what will happen if the, they... Because animals, like people, they need care. They need health care. <laughs> Fucking people right now are walking around, can't go to the goddamn dentist, right? And it affects other parts of their body. So it could be... It could really balloon into something even worse, if you don't take care of it. As we know. That's the nature of being alive. It's a fucking... Being alive is a temporary affair. And we can do... We do the best we can to prolong it. And as healthy as possible. But it requires maintenance. And this is part of the reason I'm... I'm a freaking... Rabid dog on a chicken wing for... Universal healthcare. So... And we go on about it here because it's it matters. It's important. He keeps texting me. All right. A lot of shit happened. It keeps happening. It never ends. And we were having a very important conversation yesterday. And after the show went off the air, we were talking uh, about the protests on the show and the historical context of protest. And also, um, we were playing, yesterday we played a Dick Cavett clip from, well, from the Dick Cavett show with Jim Brown and Lester Maddox, a racist ass freaking segregationist governor of Georgia, who's dead now. And he was just being a real dick to Jim Brown, you know, basically interrupting him constantly with the argument, all lives matter. He wasn't saying that specifically, but that's what he was insinuating. Anytime Jim Brown said black people or, you know, black people, black people, he would say, what about white people? What about white people? So anyway... The after the show, um, Andrea, one of our patrons and friends, and you guys know her in the chat room, sent a clip of uh, something that I found very relevant. So I'll, let's play it, and I, well, yeah, we'll take it from there. It's let me get the background. It was from it's on it's from PBS and Christine Amanpour. Her show. Man, I'm just trying to find the link here. And it's a, she had a conversation with Mary Frances Berry, who is an activist, a historian. She is, she thinks she's in her 80s now. Let's see. Mary Frances Divine Berry is an American historian, writer, lawyer, activist, and professor who focuses on U.S. constitutional and legal African-American history. She's 82 years old. She looks fucking good for 82. I hope I look that good. But well, I probably won't. Because I'm only 22 now. And look at me. I'm only kidding. No. <laughs> I'm only 14. And I look like this. Could you imagine? No, I'm only. I'm, a, I'm all grown up. I've lived five freaking thousand lifetimes that's how it feels sometimes 
but I felt that way at 18. So I thought I thought I knew I thought I knew it all at age 18. I thought I had lived. I've seen the world. I've seen it all. It's funny how as you grow up and as you age, you realize what you don't you don't know what you don't know. So, yeah, that's how I think about Republicans. And also, well, we also know that I have a bug up my ass about Tommy Lauren because she represents everything that I find vile in American society. She pretty much does. Her and Don, Donald Trump Jr. and Donnie Deutsch. Well, there's a few. Well, I, sh- I should make a list. They all represent the vile aspects of being an American, of living and sharing the same air, the same period of time with these fucking fake-ass, vile, scum-sucking, ugh, succubuses, cultural succubuses. They add, they add nothing to the conversation. They bring nothing to the table. And just an aside, I want to say, I wish, now that I'm thinking about it, I wish I had grabbed this clip because this morning, as you know, I watched Morning Joe and Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough this morning, you know, how everyone is jettisoning, 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 jet, I can't talk, jettisoning their accoutrements of America's racist ass history. They're all trying to get rid of the confederate flags the confederate statues and so joe scarborough today was saying how all of the he suddenly has evolved in like a day he 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 was so apologetic how he didn't realize that hey uh, suddenly he now sees the light about how holding on to the symbols of the racist assholes who took up arms against this country so they can own other human beings. Not even, I mean, it was really a bunch of dum-dums, a bunch of useful idiots taking up arms against Americans so the rich can own other human beings. You know, useful idiots like Trump and Z's of their days. But I just found it so funny and fascinating how all of a sudden everyone uh, like NASCAR he has seen the light and Joe Scarborough he's like oh I didn't realize I I grew up in the South I didn't realize how painful it is that's you know why they don't realize because they never fucking felt the need to ever see the world out of anybody else's experience. They are the center of the universe. The center of the universe is a very crowded place filled with Republicans, and they don't see past their own eyelashes. Like, for instance, um, even, you know, there's a, right now, Republicans are tripping over themselves to hold on to the symbols of racism because that's who they are. They have nothing. And in order to do that and justify that, they are digging up and finding any black Republican that they can find to use as their human shields because that's the party of personal responsibility. They don't take responsibility. They need to hide behind other people. And especially now they need black... Anyone who is has darker pigment and identifies as a Republican, they're going to push them right out there. 
to spread, you know, like any movement in history, any oppression, oppressed people in history, even the Jews, they were Nazis. I mean, there were Jewish Gestapo in the fucking ghettos, okay? They weren't, you know, really the Gestapo, but they were doing the bidding of the Gestapo. And what happened to them in the end, too? They get the same bullets. There were Sonder commandos in the concentration camps that ushered their fellows into the ovens. Oh, don't worry about it. It's only a shower. Then uh, after 90 days, they went into the ovens. So we, we find these people in every, in every story, in every human, every appalling human story. But anyway, and someone on one of these... Uh, one, some, I guess, I don't even know. First of all, I don't know if it's fake or not because one of the things about Twitter or if you're on Twitter or social media, a lot of the accounts are fake and I've shown you that before. Twitter has a lot of fake accounts following him. And so one, uh, someone, one of the, some tweet on uh, one of Twitler's accounts. It's somebody pre- presenting themselves as a black Republican tweeted out a meme of themselves, or not of themselves, of a, uh, a black person in a suit, a, a black man in a suit saying, I am not oppressed. And there's some like hippie white guy, you know, all disheveled next to him saying, you are a racist or something like calling him a name or or calling him stupid uh and i just there you go it proves my point yet again because every republican is the center of the universe so why would they look outside and see the big picture so if this let's just for a second pretend that that tweet that that person is a real person so what he doesn't feel oppressed maybe he had a different experience but there are so many american experiences and because his experience might be different he might have been born wealthy born into privilege you know my sister lived and still lives in a very fancy ritzy neighborhood with big goddamn houses and there's all white people, and there's one African-American family amongst all the white people. So, you know, they're there. And I'm not saying that nobody, they don't act differently to that. I mean, at least, whatever. I think my sister prides herself in her African-American neighbors. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Look at me. I'm not racist. But, okay, we can get to that, too. I can... Well, anyway. But, so... So what? Because somebody has a different... So one person has a different experience, so that means everybody else go home. Don't worry. Uh, they proved you... Oh, slam dunk! Mic drop! Oh, man, you were owned... Get the hell out of here. And that's the Republican way. Why would they fucking give a shit about anybody else but themselves? This is why when a Republican says, oh, I 
I was all against Obamacare until I saw that I needed it. Or my son has diabetes, therefore I care. Uh, even Scott Walker, as um, a person with family members with pre-existing conditions, I will always protect your pre-existing condition. Get the fuck! I mean, this is how they have to frame it. Not that as a human effing being sharing the same air as everybody else in this country, sharing the country, sharing this blip of time together in a nation that pledged, whose founders pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor to each other. I mean, let's just put that aside. In a nation filled with human beings who, you know, have the ability. Most of them do. Not Twitler, not half the Republicans. But they have the ability to feel empathy and to understand that they're but for the grace of whatever, God, Ra, or uh, Shira, or who the hell, uh, Xena, <laughs> Warrior Princess, or nam Nyaho renge kyo go I. So, not Republicans. That's what pisses me off about them, besides everything else, is that they are, they have to qualify. If they give a shit about something, they give a shit about somebody other than themselves, they have to make it, you have to make you understand. Well, this is why. I'm for gay rights because, oh, I have a gay son. We've heard that before with Republicans in, in Congress. My, um... You know, my granny has diabetes, so I believe... And that's, well, that's Joe Scarborough, too. My son has diabetes. This is what he says. I believe that... Why is diabetes medicine so expensive? My son has diabetes. Because nobody else fucking matters. It's all about them. These are not patriotic people. And I make the case every Every time we get in front of each other and have a show, am I not bringing the receipts with these mother effers? But anyway, the point is, so yesterday we were talking about what's driving me insane is how they're trying to do it to us again. They're trying to distract us from the change that we actually need. The change we can believe in. It's not just pulling down some statues. These are all wonderful. And like Martin Luther King said, it's easy to integrate a lunch counter. What you have to do is you, to really heal this country. And uh, racial, racial justice is social justice is economic justice. They understood this. All of the great revolutionaries understand this. Angela Davis understands this. And Mary Frances Berry understands this. So here she is discussing, and it was perfect. So Andrea sent me this clip after the show last night, and I was like, this is exactly what we were talking about. So here we go. What you have written about is prolonged protest. Tell me how that fits in what we're seeing now on the streets and how protest can shape politics as we go forward in this moment. 
Well, what I've discovered and acted on and written about <laughs> is that protest has to be persistent. What I worry about at this moment, and most of the campaigns that I've been involved in and written about took a time to bear fruit. Um, what I worry about at this moment is that once the mourning for the particular Mr. Floyd takes uh, is over, and at some point it will be, uh, and depending on what course the virus takes and depending on what the uh, imperatives of electoral politics are and campaigning and all that sort of thing, how long will the protests last? Mm. There will be a, an inclination on the part of political officials to once they pass some police reform measures, uh, which will probably be insufficient in my view, uh, <laughs> they will go on to something else and uh, say that if you want more done, then go out and vote and you know campaign and all that. Voting is important. But you must have protests. It's an essential ingredient of politics. And it must be of a longer duration than a week or two weeks or a month. And the virus may not permit it, depending on whether it gets out of hand again. Hello. So Haven't we been saying this on every single show? Once they pass something, some feckless police reform, and it won't go far, in her opinion, and in ours as well, in mine. Let me speak for myself, but... They're going to say, okay, we did it. We have overcome racism. We've overcome it all. Back to work, suckers. Back to work, serfs. So you, uh, you got to your officer friendly. We took down those statues. Everything's fine now. They pay no attention to the upward immobility, the income disparity. Oh, don't pay any attention, especially to all that PPE money that disappeared while we were sending your jobs overseas so we could get uh, another tax, well, uh, not just tax break, so we can funnel money and inflate our stocks for our investors. That's what's going to happen. This is what's happening right now. Today, Trump... What the hell? Is it today? Not today. They, they're, not, uh, they're not revealing who, who got this PPE money. Who, is, who got the bailout money. You know why? Because these bailout motherfuckers also cut their staff. And they didn't, they didn't use the bailout money exactly or in any way that helped their goddamn country. It's about time they need to be named and shamed, but this is why they hide their names, and the Republicans are allowing them to hide their names. These unpatriotic American goddamn oligarchs. They don't pledge allegiance to the flag. They pledge allegiance to the fucking unholy dollar. But let's so honestly, I, when I was listening to this clip, I thought, <laughs> yeah, there's a nice person speaking calmly, unlike me, who is I'm flipping out every day. But she's basically saying it in a very calm manner. I guess that maybe that comes maybe if I ever make it to 82 years old, I'm just gonna be like, well, here we go again. You see, we need prolonged 
protest and what will happen without without the prolonged protest i mean we we may have a hope of changing something with the incessant just beating down and telling these mother effing oligarchs that we are not gonna take it anymore we're not gonna take your platitudes and distractions but i guess at 82 years old you're around you've been around the block you've seen the game constantly and it's rigged it's not rigged for us it hasn't been rigged for the american people in my entire lifetime that's for sure and i'm sure this woman's 82 years on the planet what has she seen being a black woman in a racist ass country Watching the hope fizzle away, things might change, seeing the civil rights movement, the people getting out in the streets then, and then the backlash. Again, and then Reagan comes along. And where, where we are today. And history is definitely repeating itself. And the Republican Party, I don't get it, honestly. There is no greater friend to the Republican Party than somebody like Joe Biden, frankly. When he should be decimating that party. He should be putting the last nail in the coffin of that nest of greed-centered ghosts of the Gilded Age. It should be like, good night. He's doing the work for them. Oh, they're fine. I can work with them. It's only Trump. Well, a party that enables a Trump to rise to the highest executive office and a party that makes a dictator envying con man with a fake university their standard bearer, a tax sheet, a draft dodger, a scumbag, a fascist effing wannabe, a psychopath, some a party that makes that monster that monstrosity that couldn't come up with a a legitimate business so he had to figure out ways how to siphon money out of his daddy's trust fund tax free and then use the fake invoices he created to as an excuse to uh go to the government and say, oh, we need to raise rent on low-income tenants. That's your champion of the people. Your blue-collar billionaire, you goddamn rubes. Not you guys. The fucking, if some fucking Trump Aziz stumbles in here, like Tarry Jr. Jr. coming out of dental surgery, then welcome aboard. If you can behave yourself, maybe you'll learn something. But if you act like a Trump Trumpanzee, Haiku's going to give you the boot. I have no time for you. Just like this country has no time for your ignorance, your anchor on progress, the albatross around our national necks. We've had enough. How much longer are we going to have to endure the stupidity of these idiots, this, uh, of the minority? Because they are a minority. They receive fewer votes. That's why they have to cheat. And they're in a minority. They, they are. 
So let's, this is a, Andrea, uh, welcome. I see you in the chat now. This is the video you sent me last night. It's exactly what we were talking about. All right, and, and on the show, so here we go. And the virus may not permit it, depending on whether it gets out of hand again. So let me ask you about that, because um, clearly, I think everybody understands uh, that if it wasn't for the protest, this reaction across the United States, across the, the world, probably wouldn't have unfolded either. Right. And that you see right now, whether it's some Republicans, certainly the Democrats in Congress, you see um, across states where it's elected leaders in you know, cities and towns across America who are saying the right thing, a lot of them, and wanting to push the ball forward. What, what, how do you get the message and who do you need to get the message to to keep up that pressure? Well, I think the Black Lives Matter people uh, who, who have been talking in public uh, have said that they understand the need to do that. You see, every time we've had a disturbance after some black people have been killed or something happened or while racial unrest and disturbance, we've had a report. And the report, whether it was Kerner Commission or other kinds of reports after Martin Luther King was assassinated and so on, usually tell us the things we need to do. One is to reform the police, which we're talking about right now, because this whole thing was so graphic and so stark. And the other is that we should pass uh, programs, social programs for poor people and do something about inequality in the country. Hello. That's what we're talking about here. Social programs, economic security. This is how you heal this country, but hey, what do I know? My hair is out of place. Something is fucking annoying me tonight. So, yeah. It seems so simple, but not easy when you have the entire stru structure and mechanisms of power working against you. This is partly why we have to shame these motherfuckers. Shame the freaks, the greed-centered goal, ghoul, ghouls, goals. I can't talk tonight. Why am I doing a show when I can't talk? But we have to shame them. Just like Joe Scarborough today was shamed into saying, oh yeah, because you know why he did that. He... He understands that some right now, someone's going who has the ability to do it. They're going through the MSNBC archive somehow. I wish that they would make a video of Willie Geist talking about how everybody loves their insurance, their, their private insurance. I keep asking for that. But anyway, because I, I must, it's like he must have somebody... Um, paying him every time he mentions how much the American people supposedly love their private health insurance. But someone is probably going through the archives of that of M MSNBC or the uh, Morning Joe show that he does to find him defending the Confederate monuments. You know it's there. So... How do these people, honestly, guys, think about it. How sh I, I, I keep hearing, oh, um, especially well, when they talk about when, when, when we were all evolving around gay marriage. Nobody had to evolve. We understand that. The only 
people that have to evolve are people that have no fucking courage. Everybody knows what the right thing to do is. No one had to evolve. Who has to evolve? May I mean, let me think. As far as Confederate flags, I never understood. Well, I remember when I was little, I didn't know anything about history. I knew a little, there was, uh, you know, a little, what I knew. Fucking, I'm a kid. I'm a kid going to PS8 on Staten Island. And my father, there is a, I sound like Megan McCain now, my father, my father, we went to, they had a fair. Every year there was a fair at Richmond Town, which is a historical, it's a, like a historical little village. It's a reconstructed village of historical buildings. And it's called Richmond Town, okay? And it's, let me see, Richmond Town. And it's cool, especially when you're a kid. And every year they'll have little fairs and they'll do reenactments. They do, they've done Civil War battle reenactments and they'll do, you'll go to Richmond Town and it's all, it's not, believe me, you don't want to like plan your vacation around Richmond Town or anything, but they'll, they uh, rope it off. It's, it's, it's pretty big. I mean, there's a pond there. There's a very interesting cemetery and you walk around and then they have they've hired some people and they're dressed in traditional colonial garb and i went there one day with my father he took me to richmond town fair and we were going around i had no idea civil war and i remember he took me there was a souvenir shop and he was like what uh, you want a hat and I was like, sure. What do we got here? We got, um, okay, North and South hats. And I was like, I'm in the North, so I'll get a North hat. And I'm glad I got the North hat. But, you know, when I think about it, my father would have bought me that South hat. But I didn't know. What What does that mean? So, but I was a child. My, honestly, my father should have been like, you're getting the North hat. We get no fucking set. Well, and they should have said to these people, "Why are you selling a South hat for these traders? Who like you go to a historical uh, village in Germany and they're going to be selling you Nazi insignia? No, it's banned." But my father, at least my father understood. He wasn't. I wasn't going to go in no fucking bonnet. That's for sure. So I needed. I was going to, he knew who he was dealing with. They had bonnets there too for the girls. But I wanted a soldier's hat. Wasn't going to put on no stupid bonnet. I had to put a bonnet on during the Bicentennial Parade. I had to fucking wear a bonnet. And that was, I would never, I swore never again. My bonnet days were behind me. So, anyway, that's that's when I understood. That's a, when I was a child. I knew nothing about history and what it meant, what the North and South meant. And as I grew older, I read books. I learned more. I met people. I went to college. I read, you know, and that's the one good thing about college. There's many good things about college. But one of the good things about education is that 
you are introduced to other ways of thinking. You m might read books you would never have read unless they were assigned. So, you know. Oh, my God. Greg, you better settle down, honey. You must have looked so cute in a bonnet. <laughs> you need to calm down. Where's my cat? Why isn't he in here? I'm worried about him, really. That's why I'm asking him to come in. Tara Jr. Tara Jr. I hope he's just passed out, sleeping it off somewhere. I'm worried about him. So, all right. I know. Anyway, the point is, these people, what, what is Joe Scarborough's excuse? I, when I grew up, I understood. This is a bunch of fucking traitors and racists. They fought for slavery. There's no, I don't care how they tried to rewrite it, and they still do, because I do remember, and this is not too long ago, recently, having a discussion with someone, just talking with an acquaintance, and we were talking about the Civil War, as you do sometimes in casual conversation, and she said something about states' rights. And I was like, that's not why the Civil War was fought. No, no, it was, it was economic, she said. It was, and this is somebody in the North saying this is, it was fought over states' rights. And I was like, the states' right to do what? Well, it was the economy. They, uh, it was b bigger than just slave. I was like, yeah, the economy of slavery, of, it, of the states' rights to own other human beings. People believe that because of the incessant, nonstop drumbeat from the conservatives who have tried to rewrite their history of losers and traitors into being some kind of noble cause. There's nothing noble about the Civil War, what they did, what, how they took up arms. They should be ashamed of themselves. Not only are they a bunch of losers and traitors— they fought for the absolute worst reason somebody would ever fight. It's on par with the goddamn Nazis. And in fact, as Steve Schmidt pointed out this morning, in, in Nazi Germany, we know that Nazi insignia is banned. So instead of using Nazi insignia, they use the conservative, the uh, Confederate battle flag. It has the same meaning. Excuse me. I'm getting so, so personal on the show. I'm even blowing my nose. So, that's pretty alarming. So what are, you, what are they talking about? Oh, it's our heritage. Well, your heritage is shit. How about that? Your heritage is shit. Your heritage is something to be ashamed of. If my heritage were a bunch of fucking slavers, I mean, you got to own it and be like, okay. I know, who was that? Some One of these um, actors. I think that was, who's that? The guy who played Batman. 
He's a liberal. An actor. With a big jaw. Black hair. You know who I'm talking about. He's, um, you know, Dan- uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yes. He he did. He was on that show. Uh, who do you think you are about history of people's personal history and they go through their family tree and i think it was him and he found out that his one of his relatives was a slave owner and he tried to get the show to suppress that which is pretty unfortunate just fucking say it like it is man own it doesn't mean that you who you are today own that you got some you got some slavers in your blood so that goes to show us, you know, people can change. You know who else? Uh, there's, I mean, Eichmann's son, I would think, has a lot to apologize for. But he 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 actually teaches Eichmann's son, Adolf Eichmann, the Nazi war criminal, who was hanged in Israel, kidnapped from Argentina taken back to Israel's for to stand trial for his crimes against humanity and of course he was guilty i mean many of the charges against eichmann are unbelievably appalling including the witnesses testifying that he murdered a baby in front of them you know because it was jewish this is the human beings are capable of these things. But anyway, the point is Eichmann's son is he's still alive. Let me see. I think his name is and he teaches in Germany. He teaches that yeah, Ricardo Eichmann. And he says he doesn't know his father. He was a baby when his father was taken back to Israel to stand trial and he considers he says his father's a horrible human being he's a disgusting person so he considers him he doesn't doesn't say oh my he was still my father to me no he's a vile gross waste of human DNA who inflicted hell and uh, what can you do though anyway what am I? Why am I talking about this? So, yeah, it was just. I guess it's really that we have to own our history, good, bad, and ugly, all of us. And I'm not saying that my family is so fucking great. I don't think I have any people who own slaves, but I do have. Well, let me see. Who do I have? I have. Well, my father's side of the family are all kind of like valedictorians and doctors and things like that and authors and then my mother's side of the family were all bunch of crooks and criminals like the irish mob type so and yeah they had a very colorful family but anyway they were probably they're just a bunch of fucking people trying to get by in brooklyn in the 30s and 40s i suppose yes all right so what else do we have? We have many things. What was I talking about? My point is, we have to own our own history, regardless. Yes, it is the equivalent of Ricardo Eichmann. You may not want to look yourself in the mirror. You may not want to 
own your history, but it's part of who you are. It's part of who we are as a human race. So either we confront it or we keep going and allow the injustices to continue. And that's what it is. So when Twitler, you know what? Oh, let me play this. Oh, my God. This bitch, Kaylee McEnany, she's another one. She's She is really, what's the difference between her and Tommy Lauren, okay? Really. They all look alike. They all have to be these fembots. No one is real. They have to be a fake ass pleasing to Twitler's eyes. A certain type of woman. And also, Kaylee McGann, how do these people allow themselves to be used so egregiously? Like Kaylee McEnany? In this statement, because they asked her about renaming um, army bases that are named after traitors. People who took up arms against this country. Treasonous motherfuckers. They, one thing you could say about N- Nazi Germany or Germany today, there is no Adolf Eichmann base or Adolf I- or uh, Mengele General Hospital. Oh, well, that's their history. That's culture. Well, here's Kaylee deflecting in a incredibly Nazi fashion. There is no difference. Except the only difference between them and the Nazis are to- it's time, time and circumstances. And another, if this, if all things were equal, if this were 1939 Germany and their circumstances were right, you know what side of history these freaks would be on. They would be on the wrong side. These would be the ones that are would uh, they would arrest Sophie Stahl. That's who they are. We understand that. They have the tactics down, whether they realize it or not. And here's Kaylee McEnany going on about, first of all, the tactic is hide behind soldiers, use another human shield, and then go straight to the incredibly fascist tactic of whataboutism. There is no, uh, I mean, that's what they do. This is a fascist right out of Mein Kampf, right out of any authoritarian, uh, any authoritarian dictator's playbook. Whataboutism. Putin uses it all the time. This is what they do. Oh, well, my crimes? Well, what about Hillary Clinton or here, this bitch was ready with the whataboutism, because that's all they have. They, this is the party of personal responsibility, mind you. They can't, they can't look in the mirror. They're not taking responsibility. No, 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 it's what about? What about? Listen. Bragg is known for the heroes within it, that trained there, that deployed from there, and it's an insult to say to them. Fuck you, insult. She's an insult. She's an insult to anyone who ever put the uniform on, anybody who ever died for this country. She's an insult to air. 
This bitch is an insult to the goddamn human genome. She's an insult to decency, dignity, democracy. It's an insult to soldiers who trained at a place named for a fucking racist traitor to this country. This whole administration, this whole time in American history, the entire Republican Party is an insult to every soldier, every soldier serving, every soldier who have served, every every human, every American living and dead. From, from sea to shining sea, from time immemorial. This bitch is an insult to every American, every, every human on the planet. It's an insult to soldiers. If You know, it's an insult to soldiers to have a dictator-envying, draft-dodging, tax-cheating con man as a fucking standard-bearer, as a commander-in-chief. Commander-in-chief, get out of here. Women who left there, the last thing they saw on American soil before going overseas, and in some cases losing their lives. How dare you! Oh, I hate these people. You hear the fake indignant indignance of her? Oh, how they lost their life. Oh, no thanks to you, bitch. No thanks to Twitler, who didn't pay his taxes, because those taxes go into buying things like body armor. For the fucking troops. So everybody who dodges their taxes because they need more money to pay off porn stars is shirking their patriotic duty that we have to each other, to this country. So you can't say that you love this country and not pay the price of admission, you fucking ghoul, you Ilsa of the SS bitch, Ava Braun Jr., them that what they left was inherently a racist institution yeah because of a name that's unacceptable what about all the african-american brothers and sisters who wear the uniform more than this bitch could ever muster for this country that's for sure and they gotta they gotta ship off under the racist name of some fucking traitor who wanted to own other human beings these people, I, I, there is no, what, what is good for them? What is too good for them? Jail is too good for these fuckers. They need to be shamed. If we don't, if we don't get rid of this stain, the entire Republican Party and all the right-wing conservative Democrats, too, that enable them, shame on us. Shame on this country. This is the stain we have a duty, just like the Germans after World War II, it, because it wasn't. This is what alarms me, because it wasn't the German, the 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 generation that was alive that what that fought in World War II. The Germans they didn't deal with their ugliness, their hatred. They all shrunk back into the shadows and denied, deny, deny, deny who they were, what they did, 
what they didn't do, how they looked away. That's who these fuckers are. That's who, I mean, really, that's who a fucking Joe Biden is. He allows them to get away with it. It was the children of the Nazi criminals and the good Germans, quote unquote, who atoned. They were ashamed of what their fathers and mothers had done. Shame is a, is a good thing. Human beings have that capacity for a reason. Because as an interdependent species, we need to, we, we need to keep each other in check in a way that we're working for the best interests of all of us. So if one of you fuckers decides to, I don't know, be a dictator, envy, and con man with a fake university and you start fucking over your entire country and, and democracy, the, we have a, I mean, the least we can do is shame these people and shame all their supporters. They need to be shamed because they have too much power, too. To walk around with their fascist Trump signs and their fucking brown shirts. The updated brown shirt MAGA hat. Which basically says, I'm a... When you wear that hat, you're announcing yourself as a racist-ass idiot. Oh, yeah. I see on the chat. It's true. Haiku. I'm glad to see she's wearing a cross. Oh, good Christian... She's a real good... Oh, they're all such good Christians in there. Good Christian fascist. I wonder if she has a belt buckle that says, Got mit uns. Like the Nazis had. God is with us. And rightfully so. Fuck and I would also bitch. note, where do you draw the line here? Uh, I'm told that no longer can you find on HBO Gone with the Wind because somehow that is now offensive. I wonder, has she ever watched Gone with the Wind? Of course not, but she's offended. The perpetual victims of the fascist right wing, of any fascist right wing movement. That's what they do. They proclaim themselves. They take the mantle of the oppressed while they are oppressing. It's part of the game. They're, that's why they're the professional victims. Republicans, conservatives, they're one of the telltale signs is their victim is they're so put upon and they can't even help it it's like the megan mccain's of the world they even as an individual they can't help it they're so put upon they're such victims everybody's picking on me picking picking oh i can't be a conservative oh it's those mean hollywood liberals i can't even get a job like scott Bayo. oh it's not his horrible acting or just being a horrible human being. I, it's the conservatives are so uh, blacklisted in Hollywood by the liberals. But everyone's picking on them. 
And here she goes. Um, where do you draw the line? Is it should George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and James yeah, Madison be erased from history? Just a slippery what about slope. FDR and because of internment camps. You know, he, Notice he, he goes. She goes all to Democrats. FDR. History or Lyndon Johnson, who has a history of, of documented racist statements. And finally, what about people that are alleged by the media to be segregationist? NBC tells us Joe Biden didn't just compromise with segregationists. He fought for their causes in schools, experts say. CNN tells experts. us letters from Joe Biden reveal how he sought support of segregationists in the fight against busing. And Washington Post tells us that Biden's tough talk on 1970s schools desegregation plans could get him new scrutiny. And there are several more that, where that came from. So I'll leave you with the question. Should we then rename the Biden wow. Welcome Center? Wow. What about ism, baby? On parade. And this bitch has no clue. You think she's ever read a book? I don't know. Maybe she has. She. I don't know what her background is. I'm sure Twitler just likes the look of her. And she's a loyalist. She's Ava Braun. Ava Braun was 17 years old when she met Hitler. He was uh, uh, 20 years older than her. She was willing to die with him. That's who these people are. Oh, LBJ's history of racist comments. Let's not go to Reagan or Nixon or... You know what else LBJ said? He said, Convince the lowest white man... Well, this is his quote. Where is it? If you can convince the lowest white man he's better than the best colored man, he won't notice you're picking his pocket. Hell, give him somebody to look down on and he'll empty his pockets for you. Of course, she wasn't quoting that. And that's a legitimate quote from his as they were trying to pass the Civil Rights Act. But, you know, this is who Republicans are. They don't want to be a more perfect union. They don't want to move forward together as a country that works for all. They will do whatever they can to prevent any kind of unity or healing. All for themselves, all for the few. The unholy dollar and the dupes who think they're getting things out of this administration or out of any fascist administration. Like the evangelicals. Right now, on one of these websites, Twitler's, let's see. Let me see. They're selling a shirt. On, on, oh, it's on Trump campaign's website. They're selling a shirt that says, Baby Lives Matter. Baby Lives Matter. It's on a onesie. They're selling it on a onesie. Baby lives matter. I guess not that baby that died of COVID-19, but not that it matters. Do not let the truth get in the way of your ideology, fascist right-wing fucking freaks. But here's the fucking truth. You don't like abortions, you dumb bastards? Well, abortions go down on the Democratic administrations under reality-based sexual se or family planning, sex ed, health. Why are you not for universal health care, universal higher education, 
living wages, vacation, sick leave, maternity leave, retirement security. These fucking people, they go on about why in the uh, Affordable Care Act, why they even have to have to pay the same as women because they're not having babies. Why should they have to pay maternity care? As if, you know, you would imagine that some of them might have been babies themselves with a mother, believe it or not. Baby lives matter. In the Black Lives Matter look, too. Here's the, the uh, from the website. Baby lives matter. If only. Really. If only they did. It's all a game, a ruse, bullshit, red meat to throw at their dupes. They don't give a shit about babies. They don't give a shit about babies, zygotes, former babies, future babies. Not in the least. And if they did, and if, if Republicans, if con- conservatives really believed in babies or cared about babies, they would vote for universal health care, universal higher education, living wages, things that actually reduce the level or numbers of abortion. So it's a game that they, they and, and if the shoe was on the other foot, if conservatives reaped some kind of benefit for, from um, advocating against, um, you know, their, their evangelical base, they would th- do that in a heartbeat. You know that. Before Twitler can say, uh, I don't know, before he could be, could be <laughs> like nobody's ever seen like nobody's ever seen, like nobody's ever seen. It's always like no one's ever seen, unfortunately. Sort of like, I guess Stormy Daniels was like, well, she begs to differ. She's seen it all, and guess what? It's not that impressive. So who else gave me a super chat now that I'm looking? Haiku. Thank you, Haiku. So... Here's an article from, well, courts.com. The sharpest drops in abortion rates in America have been under Democratic presidents. This is from 2016. Neha Bagri is the author of this article. In the U.S., abortion is one of the most divisive partisan issues in politics and deeply entrenched in party ideology. For many voters, their anti-abortion views are what put them firmly, firmly in the Republican Party's camp. They may want to rethink this political alignment. During the last three decades, abortion rates have fallen under, uh, falling the most under Democrats and remained flat or at best decrease marginally under Republican administrations. The abortion rates have been going down in general, but that's probably, I mean, there's a myriad of factors because of that. All of the rates below, let's see, here we go. Abortion rates plunged from 
per every 1,000 women in 2009 to 12.5 in 2013, the latest year for which we have data. The abortion rate is now the lowest on record since 1971, two years before Roe v. Wade. It's also half the rate in 1980. As Amy Sullivan, a senior editor at Yahoo News, pointed out, these trends seem to be a missed opportunity for the Democratic Party. Hello? What, is, what isn't a fucking missed opportunity for them? This was so irritating about the Democrats. And the other thing is, I want to point out, one of the th- things that I try to do on the show is to kind of, you know connect the dots a little historical context you don't get that on the corporate media even in this article this trump campaign selling baby lives matter onesies what would it take for the corporate media to throw a fucking one line in there that says and uh ironically or whatever Fact is, according to statistical data, abortion rates go down under Democratic administrations. Boom, boom, boom. Why don't we hammer that home constantly? Oh, of course not. Nancy Pelosi's too busy taking a knee and ripping up paper. I don't know. I do not get it. I really don't. It does seem like a missed opportunity, or, but maybe that's the point of Democrats, of corporate Democrats. Missed opportunities. Missed opportunities we can believe in. So the article continues, the reason for the trend is simple. Access to contraception is more effective in reducing the number of abortions than regulation that, it, that controls access Under Democratic leadership, access to affordable contraception has increased. The Democratic Party's platform has emphasized the need to protect women's reproductive rights, including access to no-cost contraception and funding for organizations like Planned Parenthood. Under the Obama administration, the contraceptive mandate of the ACA became effective in 2012. Well, I think that's, uh, I think Twitter undid that. Like, he gives a shit. And we all know that Twitler... How many abortions has his porn stars have? In fact, one of the things that Stormy Daniels told... I mean, I know how disgusting this is. Is that Twitler refused to wear a condom. Because that's who he is. He's a gross... Well, he has a tiny little dick. And, you know, he's... It's all about him. He wants, you know, he doesn't. He wants the, the, uh, yeah, the full experience of using a woman as uh, nothing but a fleshlight to jerk off into, because that's what it is. It's not, you think he's? How, we've had this conversation before. There's not. A, there's no need to go down the road again. You know he's bad in bed. That's the bottom line. He's disgusting. He has a smaller than average penis, which is a, I mean, that's life. But for him, it's everything. He's not a man. He's an insult to men. He's gross. Inside and out. 
So I, I know there's been rumors for years about the people he has paid off to have abortions, but nobody can really prove it. How can you? According to Snopes, it says that rumor has it that Trump paid eight women, at least eight women, to have abortions, but how can you really prove it? It says unproven. Rumors have circulated for years. Well, he's he's paid off numerous women, and he has them sign this non-disclosure agreements to get their payoff. And that's another reason why we know he's not a millionaire. He's he's not a billionaire. He may be one now because of all of the crimes and the grift of sucking on the government cheat. He's probably not though because he's he's just too stupid. But he's who what billionaire has to pay off a porn star in installments? Okay? He had to pay Stormy Daniel Stormy Daniels off in installments. Does that sound like a fucking billionaire to you? He can only dig up $120,000 at a clip. Some billionaire you got there. So, anyway. Oh my god. It never ends. There's so many ugly things. And that's why... Well, speaking of, I don't know. The other day, I didn't see this. This I just saw this last night when we got off air. This disgusting FedEx employee and New Jersey Department of Corrections employee. FedEx fired this guy. During a Black Lives Matter protest, during a a, a march, this... Family of disgusting Trumpanzies took to their driveway with all their Trump flags, all the the accoutrements of fascism and stupidity. Same thing. I know I repeat myself, so I'm sorry. But that's uh, this is who they are. The ugliest human beings on the planet. This is why you cannot give them power. This is why Biden... I don't want to hear him talking about fucking working with these fuckers. But I know I will. He, uh, here is it. Where is the goddamn videos? Let me see. Here it is. Unbelievable. They're holding a sign that says all lives matter. One guy is stepping on and kneeling on another asshole's neck doing an imitation of the murder of George Floyd. What kind of monsters behave like this? These are Americans? Our fellow Americans that act like this. How come all of the most disgusting human beings on the planet are all in the Republican Party? You don't see Democrats acting like this. We can criticize them all day, and I will. For many reasons. But you never see Democrats doing things like this. Democrats are trying, at least, you know? If they embarrass themselves, it's because they're trying to do something that's decent. They would never reenact the murder of 
anybody. These people are fucking disgusting. We should all be ashamed to to breathe the same air as these assholes. And that they get to walk around, they get to vote, they get to... How? How are they in power? These monsters. That we allow it to go on? And then, look, you see, Trump, Trump signs everywhere, all lives matter. Really? If only, if all lives matter, why are you kneeling on someone's neck? You fucking ghoul. Oh, hi, Junior. I was worried about you. Are you okay? How you feeling? How's he look? Are you okay? Oops. Oops. Sorry. He was growling earlier. <laughs> he was grumpy. <sighs> White lies matter. Yeah, Greg. Unbelievable. So, I didn't see this. I don't know. This was a couple of days ago. And it's just, I couldn't believe it. A FedEx apparently fired the employee. And... Apparently, the New Jersey Department of Corrections is investigating the matter. So here's a disgusting, scum-sucking freak who hates America, who hates their his his fellow Americans. Is a he is an affection. Um, he's effectively a traitor, unfit to function in the type of free democratic society he can only pretend to love. That's why he surrounds himself with all the accoutrements of patriotism, the flags, the fucking eagles, the freedom. Look at him. All lives matter. Is that funny? You, the, you pig. I don't even, he's not a pig because pigs are decent. A maggot. That's as, basically as low as it can go. So FedEx has fired this person what's his name DeMarco something DeMarco FedEx holds its team members to a high standard of personal conduct and we simply do not tolerate the kind of appalling and offensive behavior depicted in this video how how could you here's somebody that's delivering packages to our fellow Americans some of them might have darker pigment I don't know about you. I'm not comfortable with a racist fucking Nazi pig walking around the halls of my apartment building or on my property delivering packages, getting a little too close for comfort there. How could you trust somebody that mocks murder? They think that's funny? That's a, This is funny to conservatives. This is why conservatives aren't funny. They think this is funny. James DeMarco. He's probably crying victim. Uh, he'll be uh, the keynote speaker at CPAC next year, I'm sure. He's been... Oh, well, this is... Who's this? James DeMarco. Mocking Floyd's 
death uh, as protesters walked past because they wanted to drink some liberal tears, you see. Well, I guess we can drink his tears now. I have no interest in his tears. I just want him, I don't know, to get out of my fucking country. Disgusting. Who wants to share the same air with a fascist, Nazi, disgusting, anti-American ghoul that thinks it's funny? when cops murder our fellow Americans. That's not America. It's not supposed to be. This is why they hate America. In a free country, you don't have a Gestapo going around murdering you. But that goes way over the fascist's head. This is why they are a danger to democracy. They can't, they, they can't function. They're unfit. And then, so one guy's a FedEx employee or former. The other one is a Department of Corrections employee. He's a guard. So instead of being a decent human being, so he's guarding our record prison population. We have the most prisoners of every any country on earth. And that's shame on us as a society. Shame of Joe Biden. And his job, this fucking freak's job, is to not to abuse the prisoners, not to treat them like shit, but to get them ready, whatever they did, they're doing their time, but most of them are coming back into the community. They will be our neighbors. Maybe they're our family members. You don't want to turn them into basket cases by abusing them. You want to enable them to come back into society and be a productive member of society, not someone who is suffering from PTSD. Not that this, these freaks and fascists could ever grasp that. That's too much freedom for them. That's too much that's too much democracy. That's too much an uh, egalitarian country that they can only pretend to love. I see things like this. It shocks me. Why am I shocked, though? But you know what doesn't shock me? That they're Republicans. That they're conservatives. That they think they're good Americans. When they are sullying the flag, they're staining it. so disgusting and that's who trump's like very fine people that's your fine people oh here's trump was asked about oh about race oh you know don't call people racist he's like oh it's too it's so much too painful too many decent people. Americans are good and virtuous people. We have to work together to confront bigotry and prejudice wherever they appear. And wherever they appear, except in army bases, except in the police force, except in what? 
Except on a statue of a fucking traitor that you won't take down. Who's the base of the Republican Party now? It really has been narrowed down to the absolute worst human beings in this country. But we'll make no progress and heal no wounds by falsely labeling tens of millions of decent Americans as racist or bigots. We have to get everybody together. We have to be in the same same path, I think, Pastor. If we don't do that, we have we have problems. The and we'll do that. We'll do it. I think we're gonna do it very easily. It'll go quickly and it'll go it'll go very easily. <laughs> it's quickly it's sort of like he said to Stormy Daniels. It'll go quickly, I swear it'll go it'll go easily and very quickly. Jesus Christ. Are you okay? Come on. Unbelievable. All right, Junior's pushing the mic away from my face. I think he's coming at he's coming down off of his high. You okay? He's not growling anymore. He was like, mm. <laughs> he was very grumpy. I understand. I'm grumpy too. <laughs> I know. You don't have to agree with me. So here's the racist history behind the army bases. This is from Vox. All right, relax. Uh-oh. What's the matter? The U.S. Army currently has 10 bases and facilities named after leaders of the Confederacy. Ugh, God. This is an article from Alex Ward from Vox.com. On Monday, Army spokesperson Colonel... Sunset Belinsky told Politico that the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of the Army are open to a bipartisan discussion on the topic. That's opened the door for the Army to reverse its long-held position on keeping the names honoring Confederate officers. It's so bizarre. Why? The Army defended such a stance as recently as February with the spokesman telling, or spokesperson telling tax task and purpose the army has a tradition of naming installations and streets after historical figures of military significance why not uh i don't know herman goring way or uh, <laughs> rommel erwin rommel uh boulevard no, they were army army men What about Benedict Arnold? They don't name anything after Benedict Arnold. He was a great military officer who won the Battle of Saratoga. If we weren't, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have attracted the support of the French after the Americans won the Battle of Saratoga. That's when the French went, okay, we can actually, they, they might actually win. And they began to back the colonial army after the, ba after the battle that Benedict Arnold won. 
And this is why the only uh, monument to Benedict Arnold in this country is called the Boot Monument, because at that battle, he was shot in the leg and he hurt his, he wounded his leg. His, and, uh, his injury had um, nagged him his entire life. It was a very painful injury. And so he was honored the battle of set for the battle of Saratoga, but there's no name on this monument. It's just his boot. So it's a little bit of, of tongue in cheek way of recognizing what a traitor, the con- the contributions of a traitor. But not, uh, you don't hang statues of these fuckers. Jefferson Davis? Oh my God. Wait a minute. Let's see. Hold on a second. Uh, I'm just looking something up. <laughs> Look at this cat while I do that. Oops. Oops. What happened? You moved. Wait a minute. Come here. How's that? Better? There's hair all over my shirt again. (laughs) You got hair all over you. What are you going to do about that? It's too much hair. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, so where was I? The nation's oldest military service has come under renewed pressure in recent months to change that practice. In February, the Marines signaled that Confederate-related items, including Confederate battle flag, would no longer be permitted on its bases. Well, it's about time. Hey, that might not be good. I just had a tooth pulled. Look at that cat. That's not good. Why are you doing that? You might hurt yourself. Let's see. What can you play with? Yeah. Here's a piece of paper. (laughs) See? It's the little things in life. Like paper. You like paper? You like sticky paper? This is a better show already. Right? (laughs) Look at this. This is the best show ever. Maybe now I'll get some patrons. They'll be like, I like that cat show. Hey, except what is that show? There's no thing on the back. Hold on. You like this? It's paper. Wait a minute. All right. Wow. He's really, really like that paper. All right. More recently, the protests have sparked by the police killing of George Floyd have prompted states like Virginia and Florida to announce plans to remove Confederate statues. Now some of the Army's most revered 
retired generals and some top civilian leaders have come out to support the Pentagon's seemingly more open stance. If the former Confederate state of Virginia can remove the statue of General Lee from Richmond, the capital city that uh, uh, the capital city of the Confederacy, today's army ought to be able to respond to the, the realities of today as well. John McHugh, who served as the Secretary of the Army from 2009 to 2015, said, The U.S. Navy has taken a cue from all that's going on with Chief Naval Operations Admiral Mike Gilday, announcing Tuesday that the service would prohibit the Confederate battle flag in any public or work spaces, including ships, aircraft, submarines, and bases. Isn't this... Doesn't that make sense? It's about effing time. I know. Look at this cat, though. He likes paper. Get it. Get that paper. Get it. Ow! That's my hand. You can't keep dropping it. So, yeah. All right. We know that... I don't know. It's not going to be enough, though. This is... They're going to keep putting... Pulling down the statues. Nancy Pelosi called for all of the Confederate statues in the in the Capitol to be removed. Okay. Finally, wonderful. I guess we're done. So, here's the something that annoyed me today, Chuck Todd. Uh, but I'm confident that. We oh wait, will wait, 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 wait. science. It's not just Chuck Todd. Wait, that's what's his name, Tom Perez. But here, here's the first. Is it one. decapitated? and others defaced as protesters turned their outrage to the physical reminders of America's past. In Richmond, Virginia, a monument to former Confederate President Jefferson Davis was torn down late last night. The Davis Monument is the third statue pulled down in Richmond in the span of a week. It joins a statue of another Confederate general and one of Christopher Columbus, whose statue was set on fire, spray-painted, and then thrown in a lake. Isn't he annoying? The way he reads the news and thrown in a lake. Everything is so wonderful, I guess, for him. The straight white man, the elite. Everything is just, it's just, eh, whatever. Another day at the office. And he was spray painted and thrown in a lake. I can't wait to retire. Yesterday, Boston woke up to their statue of Columbus being beheaded, spurring the city to remove it entirely. NBC News estimates that across the country, 18 statues have been officially removed or unofficially pulled down over the past two weeks. And of course, in Washington, D.C., as Speaker Pelosi is pushing to the removal table? of Confederate statues from the Capitol, there's now bipartisan support for measures that would remove Confederate names from a bunch of Southern military bases. Oh. Our own Capitol Hill correspondent, Casey Hunt, has the latest on this. And Casey, it's... Uh, this is a case where, and I, I please remind some of the senators who are on the Senate Armed Forces uh, Armed Services Committee that voted 
uh, the way they voted. It, it, it wasn't exactly a whole bunch of northern senators. Uh, no, it's not a whole bunch of northern senators, uh, Chuck. And, you know, I, I, I would... Uh, I would offer one note of caution in that, you know, there is a sign, some signs, there are some signs that the chairman, uh, Senator Inhofe of Oklahoma, which of course we've been talking about uh, because the president is going to head there on Juneteenth to hold oh a God. rally, seems to be suggesting that he may be trying to soften this language. So I, I want to play for you some of the responses that we got from other Republicans. Uh, some of them were committee members that we spoke to today, others uh, simply rank and file members who would eventually have to sign off on this being included in a big uh, package of legislation, but let's just watch kind of how they responded. I think it was pretty telling. In some cases. Why in some cases. cases. Do you support that amendment? Yeah, that'll be up to the committee to decide. I haven't given it much thought. No thought. Do you support removing the names of Confederate leaders from military bases? Um, have to be specific about that. I oh my we, God. I do not support, um, I do not think we ought to try to rewrite history. Shut the fuck up. So pretty interesting there, uh, Chuck. There seems to be Whatever, still Chuck some... Todd. We shouldn't rewrite history. So we're not rewriting history. We're honoring aspects of history or we're not. Why should a military base be named after somebody who took up arms against this country. And why doesn't my camera focus ever? You see, that's why nobody likes this show. That's why this show. Huh? <sighs> Why? I get every morning, I'm like, why, why, why? So most of the areas in the South... Okay, well, the Pentagon's official history of racial integration into the armed forces concluded that with varying degrees of success, changes actually spread federally sponsored segregation into areas where it never existed before the law. This is an article about why there are... Wait a minute. Get down. Hey, hey, hey. The fuck is he doing? Climbing up on a shelf now? <laughs> He's high. What can I say? He's adventurous. Why are army bases named after Confederates in the first place? The history of naming army inst installations after Confederate officers is deeply intertwined with America's long history of racism. As the nation mobilized for both wars, political leaders amended Jim Crow-era laws to allow more minority troops into the military ranks. Perhaps the most consequential amendments were made to the Selective Service Act of 1940, which required men between 21 and age, age 21 and age 45 to register for the draft. Two amendments to that law, one by Senator Robert Wagner, Democrat of New York, and another, another by U.S. Rep. Hamilton Fish, Republican of New York, allowed black Americans and other minorities to volunteer for the war or be drafted. 
The final text of the statute read, There shall be no discrimination against any person on account of race or color in selecting or training men into the military services. The Pentagon's official history of racial integration in the armed forces concluded that, with varying degrees of such success, such changes actually spread federally sponsored segregation. Holy shit. Junior, get it. into areas where it had never before existed with the force of law. Most of those areas were in the South. Mike Jason, a retired... Holy shit! Tara Jr., get down! Get down! Come on! Get down! Get down! (laughs) Anybody on the chat or on the podcast, what's happening behind me is Tara Jr. is trying to climb up the shelf somewhere out of the blue i don't know why he decides he's never done that before but i guess he's seeing he's got his beer goggles on and he's got his beer courage going too crate time i know he but he should be off i asked the doctor he was like it should be like an hour and he'll be fine but he's been weird he was literally falling down earlier. So he's able to walk, but he's fucking cuckoo. I might have to put him in the crate. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> I can't even... I mean, this show sucks. This show is a wash tonight. I'm sorry, guys. The main, the point of what we're talking about is that these Confederate statues and the Confederate names on army bases are there. They, they didn't happen after the Civil War. They are because of Jim Crow, because of the systematic terrorism of segments of our society of our fellow americans who happen to have darker pigment and which is why it is unbelievably offensive that twitler is now going back he's going back to rally land of course he's making his dupe sign a, a some kind of legal do- well whatever sign some kind of release that they can't that they won't sue him if they get the coronavirus because the coronavirus is not it hasn't gone away and in fact it's on the rise in certain states and many of these states that forced reopen be this reopen uh you know operation gridlock assholes liberate wherever liberate liberate your soul from your body so twitler is going to he's going to where is he going let me see trump rally attendees must agree not to sue campaign over potential coronavirus exposure
The Trump campaign on Thursday sent out registration information for the president's first rally since March with the campaign's chief operating operating officer, Michael Glasser, proclaiming there was no better place to restart rallies than in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so to put this in historical context, we remember where Ronald Reagan started his campaign for the presidency in Mississippi. Neshoba County, the Neshoba County Fair, where he, he extolled the virtues of states' rights in the very county, in the state, where three Freedom Summer, the uh, voting rights, Goodwin... Cheney, Cheney and Schwerner were murdered by the KKK. That's not a coincidence. So when you're talking about states' rights, and as we're saying, they're talking about the state's right to own other human beings. It's an inherently racist argument. So there's no coincidence. Now Trump is going to Tulsa, Oklahoma. The site of yet on on Juneteenth. So the Tulsa, Oklahoma is the site of a massacre of our fellow Americans. Let me play this video. I'm sorry guys, I know the show sucks tonight. <laughs> I suck. What can I say? Do I suck? Okay, I'll take your I'll take your silence as a yes. I know, honey. Here's a background on the Tulsa massacre. Something terrible happened here. From Vox. And for decades, people didn't talk about it. I was an adult before I ever heard about it. It was something that was 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 hidden. This entire Historic community was obliterated. Bodies dumped in rivers, so bodies dumped in mass graves. Unbelievably it was an appalling. absolute massacre. This story isn't one you'll find in most history books. And almost a hundred years later, the facts of what exactly happened that day are still unraveling. So we're driving in what's known as Black Wall Street. It's where one of the nation's worst episodes of racial violence took place. In 1921, a neighborhood in Tulsa, Oklahoma, called the Greenwood District, was a bustling community of Black-owned businesses. Tulsa locals know that period of Greenwood's history as a kind of golden age. If you can imagine just a, um, like an old time, downtown. Things like um, movie theaters, pharmacies, hair salons, and so forth. They called it Black Wall Street. It was a mecca. It was a huge success. But Black Wall Street was also an anomaly. It thrived at a time when the KKK was incredibly active in Oklahoma, and the nation had just been through the Red Summer of 1919 when white mobs murdered black people in dozens of incidents across the U.S. There needed to be a sort of match or an igniter tossed on these embers. 
And that event was, that trigger event, was an incident that involved two teenagers. Dick Rowland, 19-year-old black boy who shined shoes downtown. Sarah Page, 17-year-old white girl who ran an elevator in a downtown building called the Drexel Building. He went to the building, boarded the elevator. Something happened, Sarah Page began to scream. They both ran out of the elevator. Now, we don't know exactly what happened in this elevator, but a day later, Roland was arrested and taken to the courthouse. The local newspaper ran an article claiming Roland had assaulted Page. Even though Page refused to press charges, the article was essentially a call to action for whites. A large white mob began to gather on the lawn of the courthouse. Dick Rowland was in jail on the top floor. A number of black men, several dozen, marched down to the courthouse to protect him. Some of them armed. There was a struggle between one of the black men in the small group and one of the white men in the larger group, and things sort of went south from, from that point. Hundreds of white people descended upon Black Wall Street, armed. Black residents withdrew behind the railroad tracks that marked off the Greenwood District. Some of them were armed and fought back, but they were outnumbered by the white mob, which shot their way through. The white mob murdered, they looted, and they set fire to Black Wall Street. This was the strategy, if you will, of how to deal with these communities, with these successful black communities. The effects were uh, disastrous. For two days, the Greenwood District burned, martial law was declared, and the National Guard was brought in. By the time the massacre ended, Greenwood was in ruins. More than 1,200 homes were destroyed, and 35 blocks burned. The exact number of casualties is harder to pin down. Some initially only reported that white people died. Others reported somewhere between 30 and 100 mostly black casualties. But estimates now put that number closer to 300. As for those that survived, thousands of them lived in tent cities in the months that followed and were left to pick up the pieces of rubble they once called home. After the massacre, the cover-up started. Records went missing from city files, including the very article that started it all. It makes photos from this time all the more important as part of the historical record, but back in 1921, these images served a very different purpose. Unreal. So photo Selling postcards like mementos. these were pretty widely distributed after the massacre. At the time, they were a part of white supremacist culture and kept as souvenirs of racially charged crimes. Now, they're preserved to make sure this part of Tulsa's history isn't forgotten, and they paint a clear picture of how much destruction there was that day. On the postcards, it's called the Tulsa Race Riot, a name that itself sort of erases what really happened by calling it a riot. It's a way of, of trying to rewrite the history, uh, assuming that there were both sides at fault, and that was not the case. I call it a massacre, uh, and I call it that because that's what it was. Greenwood eventually rebuilt, but nearly a century later, there's a part of this story that still haunts the city. No one actually knows where the victims' bodies are. We got to find our people, we've got to put them at rest. You know, if not, we'll continue to be haunted by what was done so many years ago. 
Kevin Ross, a local writer, is one of many in Tulsa descended from people who lost everything in the massacre. So in this cemetery, there are only two official victims of the Tulsa Race Massacre. Right. How many victims do you think there are? After all these years, I think 300 is putting it mild. In 1997, the city finally put together a commission to study the massacre and help piece together what happened in 1921. They compiled records and eyewitness accounts. The bullets were just raining down over us. They set our house on fire and went right straight to the curtains and set the curtains on fire. These accounts are especially important now because none of these survivors are alive anymore. And they also provided new information. Some mentioned trucks, like this one, loaded with victims of the riot. One riot witness in particular came forth testifying that he saw bodies being dumped in Oaklawn Cemetery. This is it. This is the area. Using the survivor accounts, records, and eventually radar, the city was able to pinpoint three locations with anomalies in the soil only one step was left, to excavate. But it was something the city, at the time, wasn't up for doing. For many Tulsans, it was a part of history best forgotten, and not worth investigating. In some ways, today, that sentiment remains. Kind of waste of money. Why do you think that? It's over, it's done one. But there are clear signs of a city that's ready to come to terms it's with a dark over chapter and done in its with. history. Honestly, that's a lot of missing people, people that probably had families. We owe it to the people who, whose blood has actually fertilized the grounds of this place. There was a tremendous amount of racism. Injustice plus time does not equal justice. Today, Absolutely. a new mayor is reopening the investigation. I think a pretty basic compact that a city makes with its citizens is if somebody murders you, we will do everything we can to find out what happened to you and give your family closure. And whether that, whether you were murdered yesterday or you were murdered 98 years ago. The city will be looking into the three areas that the commission noted. That process of finding out what lies beneath Tulsa and DNA matching any remains with descendants could take years. The investigation is just one part of a bigger historical reckoning, but the reality is it can't undo the crimes or the cover-up of the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre. This, this story is the greatest conspiracy of silence that I've ever seen in history. Oh, well, they're good people on both sides. You don't want to call them bigots. There's no healing there. Isn't that what Trump said? These people are fucking vile. I'm just getting the hair off my shirt. Here's um, another clip I wanted to play from the another background on the Tulsa massacre from this one was that was from Vox. This is from CNN. This is a an, a piece that was put together in 2016. So I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's like seven minutes long, but I wanted to play this woman's story. She's a survivor, and I think she's passed away now. 
what is so gross about the entire thing is that these racist fuckers took pictures and made postcards out of these pictures to share. Like trading cards. Their favorite, most, uh, their favorite racist massacres. Dropping knife for blister and bombs. Mrs. Hazel Smith-Jones is believed to be the last living survivor in Tulsa. She's 97 years old. My daddy wasn't at home. Just the kids and mama. They came and got us. Was it white people from the uh -huh. city? Uh, and got us to fairgrounds. Uh, and we was there for about two or three days. It's so sad. And my dad didn't know where we were. Did your family want to leave? My mother, you know, with all this stuff going on, she thought it might have been safer with them taking us out there and being with more people. Everyone called it a race riot. The opinion piece in the newspaper condoned it, calling Greenwood nigger town. Do you consider it a riot? No, ma'am. It was really murder. It was a massacre. Uh, my grandmother was awakened at night and just told to run. Just get up and run. And they ran. She was only nine. They ran for days. She got mixed up from her family and lost in a chicken coop. Calling it a riot was convenient for a city run by whites. There's no statute of limitations for murder, but there is for a riot mm. for the black victims. It was devastating. They never received any type of justice for losing their loved ones, for losing their homes and the businesses that they worked so hard for, that they built from the ground up. Every insurance claim from the Greenwood neighborhood was denied. Unfucking real. About $2.7 million. Black Wall Street. So you hear, so this is what happened. This is the American experience that the, the right wing of the, of today does not want to be confronted with at all there's no difference between what the hell happened how, how when when did reagan go to mississippi and announce the start of his campaign to twitler going to tulsa on juneteenth to kick off another yet uh, yet another Nuremberg rally of racist assholes and dupes. There is no coincidence that he's doing this. That is a it's he's uh, trolling the entire decent American people. He's trolling us all. These people are a cancer in our body politic. The right wing. Like in any, any democracy, in any decent society that's trying to be decent, that's trying to be a more perfect union, Republicans are a fucking cancer. Right-wing fascists, they are a cancer in the system, in the body politic. They have to be excised, legally and peacefully, of course, with... The voting, uh, ideally, but we can't give them an inch. This is why I can't stand Joe Biden going on about he can work with these people. Are you serious? This is the same Joe Biden that's like, I feel your pain, but you're going to work 
with the same people. You're going to court those same people who are voting for Twitler and in lockstep with Twitler. These are the people that are still on the fence about the conservative or the Confederate flag. Oh, I have to see case by case. Anybody who takes up arms against this country for the absolute worst cause, these are not on the right side of history. These aren't the good guys in any sense of the word. None of them. He's he's going to work with them. He's going to give them... He's giving them cover, that's for sure. He's giving them legitimacy. They need to be delegitimized. In the eyes of the American people. All racists and fascists. As all racists and fascists should be. It is our patriotic duty to delegitimize these freaks. Not reach across the aisle to them. In the middle of what's going on. That this is where they want to launch their racist ass fucking good side. Both people, good people on all sides. Mexicans are rapists and murderers. That party wants to launch, relaunch, open up society in, even though it's not ready to be opened up, and they understand that. They understand it so much. That's another example of how much they hate the American people, if they really cared. And they hate, exact, they even hate their own dumb, dupe-ass, dumb supporters. They hate them, and I always contend this, that Republicans hate them more than they hate, that they even, you know, hate Democrats. They hate their own supporters because they understand how stupid they are. They laugh at them. They mock them. That's what they're talking about when they're on the golf course. They're not talking about, what can we do? To improve the lives of the American people. They're talking about what a bunch of fucking suckers. They're laughing. They're smoking their fat cigars. They're talking about when they fucked that porn star. That's what they're doing. They're coming up with another scam, another grift, another way to separate the American taxpayer from their money. How to get away with it. Who they're going to fuck over? This is what they're talking about. They're not talking about making the world safe for democracy. They're not talking about making the country safe for democracy. And if they were, they would be talking about healing this union. How to make a more perfect union. They wouldn't be protecting statues of racists and traitors. They understand that they need the statues of racists and traitors to continue the divide-and-conquer strategy that has worked for generations. If, you know, they had to let go of the gays, they don't get the same bang for their buck out of that. So, what are they going to have left? I know they go after transgender, so they, they still have that. They, they could still exploit the ignorance and the fear that's around transgendered human beings. And they're losing their control over the racist-ass country. Most people are appalled. 
the majority of Americans, even white people, most white, it's white and black. That's why you know this is, they're upset. They're, they're alarmed that this, the, the elites are like, oh shit, we better take a knee. Get Jamie Dimon in here. He better take a knee. Get Nancy Pelosi. She better get the whole goddamn Democratic caucus out here to take a knee. And come up with some fucking distraction. Come up with something. Okay, uh, let's take down these statues. It's about time. Have Joe Scarborough say he finally saw the light about the Confederate flag of losers and traitors. He doesn't know what. I don't know what took him so long. This hair right here. On my boob. Let's put this on your head. Junior. Let's just look at Junior for a second. While I do this. <laughs> put that on your head. What do you think? No, you don't like it. I don't know. You're a good boy. They, they know that they're losing. I don't understand. Here's the other thing. First of all, if you're just someone, I don't really, I'm a fiscal conservative. I, I just like the fiscals, the fiscal pile. First of all, you're a fucking idiot. Second of all, you're a racist. And isn't that enough? I don't know. I just, I like the tax giveaways. <laughs> then there's no difference between you and the good Germans who Eisenhower tr made uh, traipse through the concentration camps to see what harm they have done. These fascists, you, all Americans, if you are an American, if you really love this country, everyone should be appalled. On both sides and should be aware that throwing um, just throwing out some statues isn't gonna fix it but that's why I'm here to tell everybody or to help at least that I think so this is why we need the liberal media otherwise we're done you're not hearing this on MSNBC you will hear bullshit on MSNBC I say this every show because this is what we're up against. I wanted to play this. That's why I grabbed this. Because Tom Perez was on MSNBC talking to Chuck Todd. So two feckless losers who continuously, who are paid millions of dollars to not have a clue, to ensure that the American people don't have a clue. And it really got on my nerves, so... Uh, but I'm confident that we will continue to follow science and we can have a robust, exciting, and inspiring convention where we highlight our values and, and highlight the historic candidacy of Joe Biden, who is going to be the uniter-in-chief in a year where our nation desperately needs uniter. Uh, a uniter. In Are the you going to have... Let me, let me put it in a way that, that Brian Williams might ask you this question. Are, are we going to have the balloon drop? Oh, my God. And is Joe Biden... And Joe Biden's running man. Can you believe how inane we are in this country? This co We are done. Thank you, Mark. And really, 
Thank you for supporting the liberal media. Speaking of supporting the liberal media, Mark just gave a super chat. And that's that's how we're going to survive. And I'm not just saying that. You guys are supporters. You go above and beyond. That's the truth. But if we don't have a liberal media, we're done. Because look at the alternative. Listen to the alternative. What they're talking about. Are we going to have a balloon drop? Are you kidding me? Chuck Todd has it good, man. He has it good. So does Tom Perez. He's talking about the uniter in chief. The shut up with this in chief shit. Speaking of in chief, you this whole segment here, I wanted to vomit. That's why I I, I figured I'd share the love here with you guys. And the families, are they going to be on a stage oh, together be a stage? for a That's all that matters? somewhere in America on Thursday of the convention week? Oh, my God. Well, we certainly How hope and expect we to. Are. And again, we're going to work with all of our public health professionals to ensure that we can do everything in a safe and appropriate manner. Because, I mean, you, you showed that disclaimer. Uh, I mean, again, they have thrown all sorts of uh, public health science uh, aside. Uh, he's in Dallas today. Dallas reported a record number of cases today in Dallas County. Uh, and he has his head in the sand. He wants people to think that this is no longer there. He said it was miraculously going to disappear by April. And your reporting today acknowledges that, no, we're not there yet. And so I, I think it's always important. Democrats do believe in science. We do believe in public health. And I'm confident that we can have, uh, again, a robust convention in Milwaukee. I'm not going to make a commitment to how many people will be there because we're going to continue to listen. And that's something this president doesn't do. Who cares? I mean, thanks, uh, Tom Perez. Do you believe the former vice president is doing enough public events? Do you feel like he is inching out of his house in Shut an appropriate way? Would you like to see more of him in more communities? I think over the last uh, week to two weeks, we have seen such a stark difference between Vice President Biden and President Trump. Vice President Biden was the uniter in chief. His speech oh, in the aftermath the of the George Floyd murder was pitch perfect. It, it touched really? all the points you should touch. We need Except a consoler in chief, not a tweeter in chief. And Joe Biden was exactly that. He's a listener in chief as well. He went out into the communities, whether it was Delaware or Pennsylvania. Are you he kidding went down me? To Houston to pay his the inanity in chief. The brain melt in chief. That's how I feel. These DLC Dems. Oh, that's all we need. A little bit of a uniter in chief. He was pitch perfect. What did he say? He said nothing except platitudes as usual. Talked about pain. I feel your pain. Okay, shut the fuck up. That is why... Even the, the Democratic Party, the DLC Democrats, if we are going to get this country back, they also need to be shamed. They're not fascists. They're not outright disgusting monsters. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll give them that. It doesn't take much to be better than Twitler and the GOP fascists. But... We need more than that. We don't need somebody to feel our pain. We need somebody to represent the people of this country 
so we can build a middle class yet again that belongs to the entire country, not just white people, not and now because we don't have a middle class at all, both white and black. Are the middle class are below 50% of the population. This is not a functioning democracy. So I don't need somebody to be pitch perfect and feel my pain, you fucking feckless goddamn distractor in chief. How about somebody who is a, uh, who's got his goddamn reality based in chief and understands that you can't have democracy and intergenerational aristocracy at the same time? How about someone who understands uh, history in chief or understands the, a functioning democracy in chief? Isn't just someone who gets to feel our pain. Somebody who goddamn has a promotes policies that leave no one out in chief. God. I'm sick of them in chief. I'm sick of the the uh, the infantilism in chief. Of, all, of both sides. They're infantilizing us. In chief. They do nothing. This is corporate media. That's why I ask you to please support liberal media. I'm not kidding because we're in this together. Uh, otherwise, we're done in chief. Next to the family. And what do you have... Uh, Donald Trump, rather than uh, battling bigotry, wants to battle Twitter. Rather than bringing us together, he wants to continue to drive us apart. Oh, what, yeah. what you didn't note yet in your reporting is June 19th is a significant day for African Americans, Juneteenth, the celebration of emancipation of slavery and the notion that he would go to the city of Tulsa, the birther president, the divider-in-chief, a person who has presided over the doubling of African-American unemployment in this country, would go to the city of Tulsa, the Black Wall Street of 100 years ago. And what has he done to black people in America? He has resulted, he has killed them in some places because of his failed response to coronavirus, the unemployment rate, joblessness, hopelessness that he is trying to stoke. The differences between Joe Biden and Donald Trump couldn't be clearer. And I applaud what the what uh, the vice president has been doing in coming forward to making sure that the American people know yeah. that under a Biden leadership, we will make government work again. We will work for everyone, unlike this president who only wants to work for the rich few. We will make sure that opportunity returns to everyone, hope returns to everyone, and we will take yeah. bold action, whether it's on police abuse or anything else. Chairman, um, Mr. Chairman, you brought up Juneteenth. Um, D.C., uh, it's a holiday in Washington, D.C. Should this be a federal holiday? He needs another day off, Chuck. Tye. I think we should. Uh, I think that should be one of the interesting things we should debate. Not that we I think get we one. should make sure Harriet Tubman How about gets a back paid on the vacation? Bill. Yeah, that's I what matters. I, it does matter, yeah. It's good to have representation. Don't get me wrong. But that's all they got. Let's have a female African-American VP and Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill in the least upperly mobile 
of all of the Western democracies where millions go bankrupt when they get sick, where thousands needlessly die. I wonder, you know, so when you go on GoFundMe when you need money for your cancer treatment, at least you'll know that Harriet Tubman's face will be on some of those bills. I don't... I think that she would be kind of appalled, frankly. She wouldn't be so stupid. She wouldn't accept the platitudes and the empty gestures. Because Harriet Tubman put her fucking ass on the line in a corrupt, racist-ass country and said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to operate outside the law. Because there's right and there's the law. And this is a racist-ass fucking country. Oh, we need Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. That's easy. Don't worry. It will happen. If Biden gets elected, we'll have $20 bills with Harriet Tubman's face. That's wonderful. Is that it? I mean, if that's it, we're pretty goddamn stupid. We're pretty easily bought, as Mary Frances Berry says, that they're going to do some uh, nominal police reform, and they're going to call it a day. They're going to pull down some statues. They're going to call for some, some, I don't know, they'll call for some statues to come down. They'll, they'll take a knee. Jamie Dimon will take a knee. This is the foreclosure king taking a knee. How many African-American families or just American-American families did he put out on the streets? How many suicides, addiction, death by despair did these fuckers facilitate? It doesn't feel great that... uh, You're not able to save $400 even when those $400 have Harriet Tubman's face on them. Jesus Christ. Like that, that can uh, be really important uh, messages that we mean what we say when we are talking about America that works for everyone. We need to go further, though. I listened to what you were, your discussions with the the police commissioner in Baltimore, and I spent 12 years of my life doing police misconduct work. What that police commissioner was referring to, Chuck, was a consent decree that was the result of a lawsuit filed in the aftermath of Freddie Gray. The Democrats, and I had the privilege of leading that division for the first term of Obama, we enforced the pattern and practice laws that gave us the authority to reform police departments, a law written parenthetically by Joe Biden in the 90s. This administration is affirmatively hostile to those cases. The attorney general already said, I don't think we need to do this in Minneapolis. They've been rolling back those things, and they're doing a disservice to all good law enforcement officers and protecting the bad law enforcement of course, officers just the bad by refusing apples. to use their authority. Mr. President, you don't need executive authority. Enforce the damn laws that you have right now, and you could make a pro- you could make real progress. Tom Perez, chairman of the DNC, uh, appreciate you coming on and expressing your views today. Uh, uh, 
Thank you, sir. And, Always a uh, pleasure, Chuck. I tell you, I met. I miss public. Uh, I miss public events. You Shut know. up! I hope we can be in a position where we get to go to a convention. I want well, a I balloon. I also want to be safe. That's for sure. So can thank I you. Can I get sir. a balloon? Me too. Up next. Could Shut the up, Chuck Todd. The, I mean, you see why I'm so frustrated about life in in general, and I'm taking it out on you guys. <laughs> I am because I'm saying we need more. We do. I do appreciate you all, but we need a lot more of you. So I just wonder when will that day come when I crack finally? When I'm just like, fuck it. I'm out of here. Bye. Good luck, everyone. It was fun. Sorry. Sorry I couldn't do anything. Sorry I tried. Bye bye. And Chuck Todd, this is a guy that he doesn't have to get on a podcast and say, please become a patron. That's why this world is upside down. It really is. If this was a functioning world, he would be in my position saying, please become a patron. I want to talk about absolutely nothing. I want to bring nothing to the table and add nothing to the conversation and ensure that nobody gets a clue. The corporate media would be sitting here saying, oh, wouldn't it be great if we all had no statues of Confederate generals in this perfect country otherwise? And look at here. They took a knee. Someone took a knee. They All the rich millionaires, the lady who has two $25,000 refrigerators who's been in Congress for 40 years while the American middle class has slipped lower and lower and lower while the police forces have become more abusive and military. I mean, they've always been abusive, but they have been armed to the teeth like they're in fucking Fallujah, not in your uh, Joe Schmo Main Street. All of that happened in the neoliberal fascist well we had the fascists on the right wing as the fa- as the republicans became more and more fascist and the dlc democrats became more and more republican so i don't know i'm here trying i'm goddamn trying the last thing we're going to talk about cuz i i have to I have to just, I don't know, go to bed. I need to be unconscious. And guess who needs to be unconscious, too? Look at him. He's already unconscious. Look at him. He's out like a lamp. Poor thing. Look at him. He's sleeping it off. So so sad. My poor little baby. And those of you on the podcast, Tara Jr. Jr. is rolled up in the fetal position on my lap. He is... He's out. He's alive. He's still alive. <laughs> but <laughs> I have to put it... I have to check. He is not having it. He's... He wants to be unconscious. All right. Thank God for pets. 
and for Tara Jr. Jr. and Francis Jr. Jr. So, last thing we will talk about is the corruption. Another telltale sign of fascism. Besides divide and conquer, the um, the uh, militarized police, the um, attacking minority groups du jour. Uh, one of the telltale signs... Oh, well, the whataboutism. We went through that earlier. One of one other telltale sign is cronyism and corruption. So, speaking... This is from Common Dream. Speaking of looting, Trump administration refuses to disclose corporate recipients of $500 billion in coronavirus bailout funds. While how many more? Millions, another million and a half of our fellow Americans filed unemployment last week. So this is outrageous and exactly what was obviously going to happen and exactly why so many of us opposed the CARES Act as written, says Jessica Corbett, staff writer at Common Dreams. The progressive critics and advocacy groups are responding with alarm and anger to the Trump administration's refusal to disclose the names of more than 4.5 million companies that have collectively received over $500 billion in corporate bailout money through a federal program created to provide businesses with relief from the coronavirus pandemic. The over $2 trillion Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act cares yeah cares signed by fucking twitler in march established the paycheck protection program what do you want to bet at&t took some of that pp fucking p money you know my former employer with three here we go uh established a paycheck protection program with $349 $349 billion in funding for forgivable loans. After the initial capital ran out in just 13 days, the lawmakers were approved. Uh, they approved three, uh, $310 billion more. Though over $130 billion of that was still left as of Tuesday. Although the Washington Post reported the Small Business Administration typically discloses the names of borrowers from the loan program on which the PPP is based, Treasury Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, another fascist piece of wasted human DNA, greed-centered ghoul with a trophy wife, testified to the Senate Committee on Small Business and Entrepreneurship that he won't be following that model for the COVID-19 program, despite concerns about which companies are benefiting from it. As Mnuchin told the Senate Committee on Wednesday, we believe that that is proprietary information, not proprietary for us, the American people. This money ain't coming out of their fucking pockets. It's coming out of our pockets, the taxpayers, our money that we work for and make the world go round. And these pigs are at the trough, gobbling like the goddamn ghouls of the Gilded Age that they are. And they don't want to tell because they're not patriotic. They're not in it for you and me. This fucking camera. 
I'm gonna punch this camera. And fuck you, camera. As Mnuchin told the Senate, oh yeah, that's proprietary information, and in many cases, for sole proprietors and small businesses. Yeah, we know. Bullshit. It's a confidential information. What are you talking about? Small business like AT&T, like what? Amazon, like uh, many of these giant transnational corporations would qualify as small businesses under Twitler's definition, under the definition of these fascist freaks. That's the only reason a Republican or a conservative or a fascist ever gets into government. It's not to make the that's not to make the American people have a seat at the table or a government that works for all. No, no, no. It is to to suck on the government teat. They suck on the government teat. That's why they're always so worried about somebody getting an extra $16 in their welfare check that they're going to spend in the local market. They need that money. Mnuchin needs it. His trophy wife needs it. She needs some more Botox or some more fucking mad money to run around with her pals in the wine cave while Mnuchin... I mean, she. after all, she does have to fucking allow Mnuchin to climb on top of her, so she feels like she's earned it. Disgusting, these people. Where? Where do we live? And why? In another life... If this were... If there were justice in the world... You think this would be happy? You think I would have a nice camera? Maybe that'll work better? Jesus Christ. The secretary's comments provoked a barrage of condemnation, particularly among individuals and groups that had previously expressed concern about the PPP. Making sure trillions in aid goes to workers, not profiteers, begins with knowing where that aid goes. Bartlett Naylor, public citizen's financial policy advocate, told Common Dreams of the federal government's COVID-19 bailout efforts. Zero transparency is red carpet for hucksters, schemers, and battlefield scavengers. Public Citizen tweeted Thursday about Mnuchin's remarks, blasting his refusal to disclose businesses getting PPP funds as unconscionable and jaw-dropping corruption. Progressives swiftly echoed the group's critique in their own tweets, including Fordham's university law law professor Zephyr Teachout, who wrote, This is outrageous and exactly what was going to happen and exactly why many of us opposed CARES as written. Jeer here, national affairs correspondent at The Nation, highlighted public citizens' response with the introduction, Speaking of looting... Several other critics made similar nods to current events, tweeting, This is the looting we should be furious about. And, oh shit, looting has broken out in Washington. This is absolutely unreal, declared author and activist Naomi Klein. Looting with masks on. 
Broader charges of corporate looting in relation to the CARES Act have circulated since before it was signed into law. However, in over two weeks of protests since Minneapolis police killed George Floyd, looting has become the word of the day. On the lips of every newscaster, president and elected official across the country, as progressive radio host Tom Hartman wrote for Common Dreams on June 1st. Hartman and others have made the case that, indeed, looting is a major problem for America. It's just not in the way the issue has been presented by Twitler and the corporate media, who have spotlighted the property destruction and the stealing of goods that has occurred alongside the demonstrations against police brutality and systematic racism over the past few weeks. Americans know who the real looters are. Progressive radio host Benjamin Dixon told Common Dreams in late May, referring to the recent analysis from Americans for Tax Fairness and the Institute for Policy Studies, he added, It's the billionaires who plundered America for four 400, wait, 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 434 billion during the pandemic, while the essential workers keeping our country afloat made barely over minimum wage, and many of them got laid off. I'm not just talking about me, I'm talking about essential workers, nurses, these hospitals, these for-profit hospitals are cutting back on staff because they can't make their buku bucks. Because they have to worry about serving sick people, helping sick people, and not just giving some fat, well, not fat, excuse me, some bankster's fucking wife liposuction. This is why I'm so pissed. I'm tired. I'm tired of the grift, and we have a duty. This is our our duty, our patriotic duty to shame these fuckers, to not give up, to get out in the streets, to talk about what the fuck is going on for real, to tell our fellow Americans. It's not about, will Chuck Todd be able to pop a balloon at the fucking DNC? You stupid, useless, goddamn buffoon, Chuck Todd. You know, really, millions of dollars. That's why they get paid millions of dollars. You understand? We'll know this country's on the right track when this show has millions of dollars. We have enough, we we can hire staff and we can have a constant stream of the truth getting out there. Not the way it is now, though. No wonder we're a bunch of dummies. No wonder. Even today, some nice, maybe they think they're nice, normal, decent people. They might even fucking vote for Twitler again. And they're like, I'm for Biden. I like him. He's he's um like a consoler in chief. He feels my pain. Not that your pain has anything to do with the fact that you can't retire, you can't go to the doctor when you're sick, you can't save $400. Well, Nancy Pelosi has two refrigerators with 
that are stocked to the gills with fucking $13 a pint ice cream in the two $25,000 refrigerators. I mean, something is really screwed up here. Shit is all up, up, upside down, guys. It is. There's what, what kind of a functioning democratic republic has a, all of the represented, the majority of representatives in the people's house are millionaires. That used to be, that not, that was not the case. Not too long ago. Why? Millionaires. Unless the majority of the American people are millionaires. And I missed something. There's no way. That's, that, that is a functioning society. There's no reason why the majority of representatives should be millionaires. They're out of touch and they don't give a shit. That's why they work for the ones who brought them to the dance. That's why Pete Buttigieg is in the fucking wine cave. And these people are useless. And Tom Perez is talking about consoler-in-chief, empathy-in-chief, or fucking healer-in-chief. Shut up-in-chief. I want somebody who is uh, a uh, um, e- effective-in-chief. Not just some platitude in chief are we that easily goddamn bought and sold I guess so God. alright oh my god it's so stupid so anyway guys that's why I ask you to please become a patron I'm asking again I will ask every single show I will shame you I will blame you no I won't I only blamed you the other day yesterday and I will I will thank you so I I do want to thank you all for hanging out honestly you do give me hope even though I lose it approximately every 15 minutes. I I have to get it back. You got to keep going. So, guys, do me a favor. Be like Greg. He was on, I think he said he was on Tom Hartman's chat stream today. Talking about Tower Buster. That's a good idea. So keep that up. And... If you have any friends who are liberal or or you have friends who know you understand like maybe they don't they don't get what the hell is really going on. You know what I mean? Like they're Democrats, but they think that Amy Klobuchar would be great because she could attract Republicans. Tell them shut the fuck up and listen to Tara Buster, please. I can't deal with you. Just be like, I can't deal with you. Tara, take the wheel. You know, it's true. (laughs) Thank you, Andrea, for your super chat right under the wire. We usually go on for about three, four, or five hours. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll do a marathon show. We might do a midnight show one day. But in the meantime, 
spam the fuck. No, we can't spam. Then you get a bad rating. <clears throat> they might, who knows? They might like make make it. They might block it. Who the fuck? No, I don't know. All right, yeah, election night show. Oh my god, could you imagine? That'll be good. Election night, we'll get people to call in. We'll have Poppy on. We'll have a bunch of guests. Hopefully, we'll have good news, even though it's Biden. God, how good could it be? <laughs> well, don't go crazy, Greg, when he says, help me, Patreon Terrorbuster. Don't, don't go nuts on there. Don't be like, this is my advice. Then they might think you're spam. You know what I mean? They might think you're a bot if you do that. Just say, if you like this show, you'll like Tara Buster. Come on over and listen. And then they can decide to be a patron or not. They're not going to be a patron of a show that they have no idea about. Right? So come and say, if you like Tom Hartman, you will love Tara Buster. It's like Mike Malloy and meets Tom Hartman. That's how somebody described this show once. And I appreciated that. Because we have the rage of Mike Malloy and the history that Tom Hartman often talks about. So, yes. That's all you do. You just say, come over and we have a great chat room, too. And th these are all true things. The chat room is the funnest part of the show for me. Uh, I know Tom, too, a little bit. Not much. Mike knows them all better. I went out to dinner once with Tom Hartman and Mike Malloy and Louise. He, Tom Hartman paid, he picked up the tab. That was nice. And he's, you know, he's a nice guy. I can, I don't, I mean, Mike has a lot on his plate right now. And Mike would do anything for me. He would. If I asked him, can you do this? Can you do that? You know. You can't be annoying, though. He's done a lot for me. And still does, so. I have to get more... I don't know. Maybe I gotta get on there and do some more promos or something. I don't know. Whatever. I do the best I can. I'm going as... I'm dancing as fast as I can to save this fucking country. <laughs> you know? I can do. I try. I try. I'm doing it. I'm trying. Yes, Tom is too forgiving of the Dems, Andrea. He totally is. And he's too... I don't know. Like, he used to have Phyllis Schlafly on his show. Like, why? Because, oh, I want to... He says he wants to model how to argue with Republicans. Okay, I get it. Because people have Republicans in their family and you have to deal with these people in your daily life. But I also believe that it gives them legitimacy. You're giving them, you're doing the bit, you're, their work for them. I'm of the opinion why, of, uh, as we talk about here, do you got to shame these fuckers. They have no legitimacy. Phyllis Schlafly? She's a joke. And you got to make her one. And she might have a lot of followers, but shame them. Like, 
racists used to be in the closet. Now they're all letting their freak flags fly. Not that they're always in the... I understand the whole history of this country. But it's no coincidence that Twitler gets elected despite receiving fewer votes. And like bats out of the belfry. Here come the fucking KKK, the Charlottesville, you know, Nazis. The Tiki Torch little whiny little bitches saying Jews will not replace us. Blood and soil. What are they talking about? Blood and soil. If they're not, they're not Native Americans. It's not their soil. That's how stupid they are. And why you don't want to give them legitimacy. Why Joe Biden drives me insane. Giving them legitimacy. A bipartisan working by... If I have to hear that again, it'll be too soon in, mo- in my lifetime. I have to hear Nancy Pelosi go on. We have a bipartisan agreement. Bipartisan, bipartisan, bipartisan. You don't hear fucking Republicans... Talking about bipartisan, unless they're trying to shove some goddamn something that is completely disgusting and unpalatable down your throat or make an excuse where, as right now, when uh, Kaylee, what's her face, was playing whataboutism games, then they're talking about Democrats, FDR, Lyndon Johnson, or. Jesus Christ. So before we go, the last video I will play, speaking of, oh, this is Angela Davis. We, we played Angela Davis last night talking about the violence, when she, how she finds it incredulous when she's asked if she approves, uh, if she approves of violence given the history of this country. And what she's been through as a woman who happens to be a little darker. Her pigment's a little darker. An American with... I mean, it's just so ridiculous. I mean, look at me. There's nothing white. If I am so white, I'm almost invisible. It's ridiculous. So here's Angela Davis. This is a recent interview with Angela Davis. I've spoken to quite a few members of uh, Black Lives Matter and also the Me Too movement who said actually really very little has changed since 1968. You know, the clock stopped, you know, moving forwards for us. That's why we have to go through this struggle again. Do you think they're right or is that too negative of you? Well, in a sense, very little has changed. Uh, It's um, interesting. I was reflecting on the fact that when I learned about the assassination of Martin Luther King, I was in the process of printing a poster uh, about a young black man who had been killed by the police in Los Angeles. Uh, the Trayvon Martin of 1968. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, so in that sense, little has changed. Mm. Has but, it got worse, perhaps? Um, I don't know whether it's gotten worse. Mm. I think our consciousness has mm. grown and there's been more um, media and social media attention Mm -hmm. uh, to what has been uh, uh, going on since the era of the immediate aftermath of slavery. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I think has changed is um, uh, the understandings, uh, the consciousness, Mm -hmm. uh, the 
And I think that feminism has a lot to do with this. this uh, and, and when I say feminism, I'm not speaking of mainstream feminism. I'm not mm. speaking of the feminism that was represented, that has been represented by figures like um, Hillary Clinton. I'm mm -hmm. talking about a feminism from below, mm -hmm. a feminism that has been generated uh, by um, women of color, black women, uh, Latina uh, women, Muslim yeah. uh, women, um, Native American women, one that uh, emphasizes the interconnections of, 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 of all social justice struggles yeah. uh, and the fact that mm. one cannot consider gender aside from race and class. So you have this inter... This is what we talk about on this show. I love it. I love hearing these these icons, these geniuses on the front lines, people who put their fucking ass on the line. No wonder I still hear Republicans bash Angela Davis. They have absolutely no clue who she is. She's an American hero. She has more courage than any of that whole Trump-Nuremberg rally combined. Any of them. Connectivity. Um, and then at the same time, you have a president of the United States, democratically elected, who is openly misogynist. Um, some would accuse him of being racist as well. Um, although these, of course, are all charges that he denies. But that tells you something, doesn't it? That on one hand, you have this consciousness that's moved in one direction. On the other hand, you have half the society saying, we reject that. Well, it's not half. And I don't think Trump was democratically elected. Uh, the majority of people who... Well, he won the Electoral College, I he, mean, by the rules. Yes, but when one considers that the Electoral College is an institution rooted in slavery mm -hmm. that was designed during the era of slavery to Hello. guarantee to slaveholders mm. and to states uh, with a small white mm. population mm. and a large slave population. Mm. Uh, Hello. You never hear this on the corporate media. Why wouldn't they ever put that together? The electoral college. They never talk about Twitter. That's the other thing we, we talk about in the show. How Twitter and the Republicans are squatting in the White House and in their electoral offices despite receiving fewer votes not just twitler the senate Demo and then the house the democrats re well now they have a majority but the senate they are in the they the republicans are in the majority even though democrats received over a million more votes respectively in their elections Ex they are gerrymandered out of power this is illegitimate power. And Angela J. Davis calls it. He says Trump was elected. It doesn't take but 30 seconds to clarify and put it in context. Yeah, he was elected, but not with the most votes. He was elected by the rules. The guy goes, oh, yes, but those rules are a vestige of slavery. A racist at our racist ass history. So when we take those Confederate statues down, why are we giving the electro electoral college a pass? I thought we were trying to become a more perfect union. Oh, that's hard, you see. So that's why I'm here, and why if we had a real functioning media, the media would be doing its job. 
It doesn't take but 30 seconds. And Angela Davis says it's straight. Well, yeah, he was elected, but he didn't get him. Uh, he was elected by the rules, but those rules are the remnants of, sl of slavery. It doesn't take much. Nobody knows this. We know this. She knows that. You think half the, the dummies at the Trump Nuremberg rally, you think they know that? Absolutely not. Kind of federal leverage they mm. want it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, um, but, but even allowing for that, <laughs> I mean, and the election college is a strange anomaly, and you know, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by a whopping three million. Even allowing for that, the fact that Trump is president of the United States of America with the views that he holds that he's proud of in public is astonishing, is it not? Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Mm. We'll, mm. we'll continue to be incredulous that. Uh, um, someone uh, like Donald Trump uh, can occupy the highest office. Of, but what does of that tell you about American society that this has happened? Well, I, I um, do not believe that he represents his administration, his uh, ideology, his strategies represent the will of the majority of the people. We have to consider that uh, relatively few people actually go to the polls, not even uh, half of all of the people in the U.S. Uh, and so many people did not vote because they didn't see a significant choice between the two candidates. Mm. Uh, so the election of Trump is the product of a, of a crisis uh, in the electoral system and, and, and in a sense of a defunct two-party system. Mm. Had there been another party uh, that was not tied to the capitalist corporations, that, that, that does not have uh, you know, all of the uh, baggage that uh, the Democratic Party mm -hmm. has, uh, then um, perhaps the results of the election would have been different. Mm. I think it's important to think broadly right. and not to um, assume that because Trump is in office now, that represents the democratic will of the people of, of the United States. Beautiful. She's amazing. I can listen to her all day, really. I wish I had a fucking camera that didn't suck. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna just say put that on the shelf for now with the camera. I know I'm looking like incredibly bright. Something I gotta do something about this shit. Hello, maybe that helps. Alright, guys. 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 We're going to Oh my god, it's almost eleven o'clock. Why is it so bright? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I can't fix this now. I didn't cause it, I didn't cure it, I didn't fix it, I can't fix it. That's something from Codependence Anonymous or something. Alright, uh, you guys are great. You are why I d keep doing the show. You give me hope, so I want to thank you for that. If it wasn't for the show, I'd probably be a lot more depressed than I actually am. And I don't know. Thank you for all you do. And thank you for helping. Thank you for being a patron. 
for all your super chats constantly. That helps. That helps keep the show. Because you're not just, it's not just the show. It's also RDT Daily that helps independent writers continue to write and create independent liberal content. That's the RDT Daily Facebook page. With, which has original content. And this is what we need. We're up against both sides of the aisle. We're up against the filthy fascists on the right and the Republicans on the so-called left, the Democrats. And we only have each other. At least that's... Uh, it's not a bad thing. Thank God we have each other. Or thank... Thank Nam Yohorengeka, we have each other. Because we are in this together. We know it. We are we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of democracy. I want to thank you for being a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Share the show with your friends. Give the show a good review on iTunes. That helps as well. If you're on other liberal talk shows or other liberal chats, please suggest to those listeners and viewers that maybe they'd like Tara Buster. That might be nice. Tell them we meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern and then we also do weeknight specials and and one day we will have a daily show. Then you want to get in on the ground floor, god damn it. Because you can say, I was an early adopter of Tara Buster. I knew that show when. And look at us now. We have a functioning democracy that works for all. And it was all because, well, of the liberal media. I'm not kidding. You know that. And we have cats, too. Yes, we got cats. This is the only show that has cats. It's the truth. See? <laughs> he's out. Look what he's doing. He has his eyes covered from the light. Look how cute he is. That will be me soon. Thank you. And thank you, Andrea. The show is superior in many ways. <laughs> I'm going to use that quote. This show is superior in many ways. That's funny. I appreciate that. That makes me feel good because then I say, because I have a lot of negative self-talk, as you probably know, because sometimes it, it comes out of my mouth. And so I actually, somebody said to me the other day, what's wrong with you? Because <laughs> I kept, I'm like, I don't know. I suck. What can I do? And she said, why do you always say that? And I'm like, I don't know. My brain is broken. It's fucked up up there. My brain is like a bad neighborhood. You don't want to go in there alone. That's why I have to take you guys with me. It's true. And that's why I think the show... I don't know. Speaking for myself, I think I like this show for us because we, we are really getting to know each other. It's not just somebody sitting here going, oh, and then Republicans did this, and then Republicans did that, and then Democrats did that. You can... You know, I like sharing my life, my cats, my struggles, my ups, my downs, my lefts, my rights, my story. 
Because what else do are we? Except our stories. And what we can learn and give to each other. I don't know. What are you going to do? All right. You guys are great. Thank you for hanging out. So that was a three-hour show. I said I would not do a three-hour show. And there we are. It's fucking three hours again. This is what happens. <laughs> I like it. It just happens. Hopefully you like it too. And you like it enough to go over to patreon.com slash terror I know you have to keep saying it. That's just the way it is. People don't... After maybe the 51st time, they'll, they'll go over. Thank you, Deborah. Because in my mind, she Deborah says, great show, Tara. Because in my mind, I was saying, this show sucks. And I was saying, why do I do it? Why do I bother? And now you're giving me validation. So I guess I shouldn't listen to my mind. That's why we need each other. Nobody can do this alone. I couldn't do it alone. I would talk myself into the fetal position. I'd be like this cat right now. This is what I would do. I would be like this all day, all night. Just covering my eyes. Look at this cat. Tara Jr., let's see if we can wake him up. Junior? Little Junior. Tara Junior, Junior. <gasps> He's awake. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> you sleep enough. I know. You're not feeling good. All right. All right, guys. Junior's out. We need to take care of him. Let him go sleep. <laughs> Isn't he sweetest? He's a good boy. Oh, he's so yawning. Look at him. You missed it. I'm sorry. You missed it. He was yawning. All right. He's such a good boy. All right. Look. Look at the camera. <laughs> See? He's such a good boy. All right, friends. Thank you all. We will get together again. Oh, he's stretching. He's a stretcher. We got a stretcher going on. All right. You might miss something cute. Look at the stretch. Are you stretching? How you doing? All right, guys, you are great. Good night. As I always say, we will see you on Saturday. Saturday will come as soon as it'll just be like, wow, that was so quick. And I'll see you on our regularly scheduled night of Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern, right here at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. My name is Tara Devil. Thank you for hanging out. Like I always say, we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of democracy. We stick together. We win. I will see you in a couple of days.